1: Hello, we are so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word.
2: So today is going to be a little bit more like Bible study. I'm going to go line upon line upon line like I typically do. Um, but the Bible says it says uh, God's people perish for a lack of knowledge. And it's vital that we know God's word, not just know what a, a preacher, your favorite teacher says, but what does God's word say about my life in each matter? Now, I didn't happen to uh, join the military at any point in my life. I you know, looking back, I was like, Man, that might've been a good idea. Uh, but uh, one of the things I, I'm told from people that are in the military, one of the first things you do is learn your weapon learn your weapon you can uh, put it together take it apart put it together take it apart with your eyes closed because that's the thing you're going to use to get through the battle likewise it's vital in the kingdom of God that you know your weapon that you know your word of God amen and you can take it apart put it together take it apart put it together in the midst of battle because it's the only thing that will get you through okay okay So we're going to go line upon line. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to end um, down and around verse, uh, 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 I think, around 8 or 9 today. And uh, Father, open eyes. Father, we want to know you. Father, listen, we're, we're not into the Bible for the sake of the Bible. The Bible helps us know you. So, Father, we want to know you. Meet us in this time of study so we get a revelation of your heart and your mind. And everyone in the church says, Amen and amen. Ephesians 1 and verse 1. We're going to start all the way at the top. Paul, an apostle, literally emissary, envoy or special representative of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul was very intentional about making sure people understood his role and who it was that was behind his assignment. You see, the world will ask you who you are, and if you don't know, it will tell you who you are and then force you to live with the answer. So Paul, from the outset, was very clear about his purpose, very clear about his role in the lives of those he was ministering to. So he starts, some people thought it was, was arrogance in the rest, but but Paul understood something of his assignment uh, on the, the earth. And then it continues, and he, he says, by the will of God, not based on my talent, not based on my intellect, not based on anything other than that. But But what I want you to understand, just like Paul understands here, Finding the will of God is the most important thing you can do in your life. Why? Because the will of God will never take you where the grace of God won't keep you. And then he says to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Well, all of New, Paul's New Testament letters were written to real people with, uh, uh, in real places with real problems, dealing with, with, with needing, or better, real answers. And he said, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why does Paul send greetings from God? Why did he do that here? Because Paul understands he is speaking for God. He's sending this letter for God. You see, God cannot use you to convince someone else until you first convince yourself. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. You see, Paul was not at all surprised that his letters were contained in this Bible. So he says who he is, and he's totally convinced that he is a special uh, emissary from God. But then he gives greetings from heaven because he knows he's speaking from God. But then in verse three, he speaks to God. He said, blessed be the God and father of our Lord, Jesus, the Christ. He begins his letter with praise, just like we begin our services each week with praise. This praise time is not just filler time. Praise creates an environment for God's presence to inhabit psalms 22 and verse 3. pull with me a little bit this is what, what what psalm says about god but you are what holy it's not that god won't fail but he cannot fail because he is transcendent see we fail because we are creaturely we are just humans but god is holy God is in a category all by himself. All right. But you are holy. Watch this. Enthroned on the praises of Israel, of God's people. So under the Old Testament law, God's throne was between two cherubim on the mercy seat. But in the New Testament, the throne of God or or his presence always shows up wherever he finds the praises of his people. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. I've learned if I praise more, I will worry less. Back to verse three, Bible study now, Bible study. So he says some things about God from God but now he speaks to God and worships God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who what has Now has is uh, you know I did my homework here it's the third person present of have. It's used as the past participle to form the proper perfect. What does that mean? I don't know. I just wanted you to know I did my homework. All it means is something was done in the past that applies to the present. Okay. Who was? Something about what Jesus did in the past applies to the present. The reason this book is so relevant, the reason Christ is so relevant, because something he did in the past applies to the present. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who what? Has, because Jesus did his part in the past, we can have a certain present who has past tense that extends to now, blessed us. This word blessed literally means to speak well of. Did you know that before you were born, God spoke well of you? And he still does today. We bless him only because he first blessed us. I'm not trying to bless him to make him move because he moved and came to earth, became a man. I bless him back. You hear what I'm saying? I bless him because he first blessed me. The reason we worship the way we worship is because he blessed us first and that's the only appropriate reaction to such a well-wisher who blessed us with every. How many of y'all from D.C. here? Come on, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Michelle. Well, in D.C., we say "airy." So I want you to say me. He's blessed me with airy. No, no, airy, 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 airy. spiritual. Nothing lacking. Nothing missing nothing broken. Every spiritual blessing. Why do we praise the way we do? Because he has blessed us. He has pronounced upon us every spiritual blessing. Watch this in heavenly places or in the heavenlies. Now in the Bible, we see that Paul talks about the first, second, and third heaven. He said, you know, I was caught up to the third heaven and all that. So what we see here is, is at some point after the cross, God spoke from the third heaven. But it resounded all the way down to the first heaven where you and I live. And here's the thing. If God speaks well of you and me, who are you or I to speak any differently? If because of Christ, he has blessed us with every spirit, every good thing that could be said about us has been said because of the cross. And if God has said that from heaven, I want to ask you again, who are you to disagree? Who are you to speak any differently? So whether you're in the highest mountain, the lowest valley, God has already pronounced every spiritual blessing upon you possible. But here's the deal. But the power in it doesn't show up until you believe. How many parents are in the room? Yeah. How many of you know, you can say your children are brilliant until you turn blue in the face. But until they own it, it's just a parent talking. Pay attention. You you can say all you want that you want your child to do good in school. Until your child owns it. You can say all you want that that your child's blessed and highly, but until that child owns it, you don't. Our Father in heaven has said some things about us. And He's been waiting for us to own it. You see, you, you can't live it till you own it. That's why sometimes, I, I, I sometimes used to get frustrated with my children. Like, man, you, you need to own who you are. But likewise, God gets frustrated with me. Boy, you need to own who you are. You need to embrace everything I say. I can't lie. And if I said it, it's true. And if you are forgiven, you're forgiven. If you're washed, you've been washed. If I say you're righteous, you are righteous. If I say the wisdom of God has been made available to you, you are wise in Christ. If I say you are my sanctification and redemption, you are the redeemed. If I say fear not, be not afraid. But you got to own it. You need to fill every centimeter of that space God calls your body. It's say I am who God says I am. And I will do what God says I can do. Don't care what the world says. I'm going to own it for myself. We're going line upon line, right? In Christ. We've already talked about this at, at some length and in and, and, and detail everyone who climbed aboard Noah's ark was saved. To be united or better to be in Christ is to be united to Christ. Pay attention. For us to sink then, he'd have to sink. For us to go down, he'd have to go down. For God to abandon us, he'd have to abandon him. Because we are in the same boat with Jesus. It's not necessarily because I deserve to be on the boat. But all of Noah's family were saved. And when I got born again, I became part of God's family. So immediately my passage was booked on the boat. So the floodwaters was killing everybody else. But those who got on the boat, those who got in Christ, judgment is real, but you're able to float above it. Even though you're in the midst of it, there's a different type of life you live because there's something in you that that keeps taking you higher and above what's happening in everyone else's life. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, the cross or you were not a surprise to God. God wasn't like, oh my God, where are we going? Michelle just showed up. What am I going to do? Michelle got some issues. Michelle got some problems. Sorry, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) And God wasn't like, oh no, they crucified my, my, my son. The cross was always God's plan. You were always God's plan. Before the beginning... God knew all we would do to hurt him. But he created us anyway because he believed that we are somehow worth it. I don't know why he thinks I'm worth it. I don't know why. I I tell you, I really don't know why he thinks. No, just joking. I don't know why he thinks you're worth it. But in God's mind, we are worth it. Oh, the depths of the riches of both his wisdom and knowledge. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Watch this, watch this though. So that we should be trifling like everybody else. But Why, why do you call it? That we should be what? There's that word. Everyone, everyone's afraid of this word. That we should be holy. Holy. All holy means is a cut above in simple terms, God chose us to live a life that 's a cut above everybody else's yeah don 't feel sorry for me because i'm i 'm a little bit different. I feel sorry for you because you like everybody else no no the. Hey, I don't get everything right. Please don't mishear me, but I do keep getting better. I'm better than I was yesterday. I'm better than I was last week, better than a year ago. And the more I know him, the holier I get, the better I get. I don't get weird. I'm not talking about weird. People think, they get mixed up thinking holiness is weird. No, no, no. no. Jesus was was incredibly uh, uh, human. Jesus... I don't know if I could say this. Some people get offended, just get offended. He was kind of cool. <laughs> Everything I learned about manhood, I, I, I largely learned from him. Now, you know, I had some human examples in my life, but, 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 but when I looked at Jesus in that book, I saw a man unlike any other man I'd ever met and the way he handled stuff, the way he handled people, he didn't worry. He didn't get upset. He didn't wring his hands. He even went to the cross without screaming and crying. and He didn't cry out one time except to talk to folk that were listening. You hear what I'm saying? That's the type of man I wanted to be now. You hear what I'm saying? So, 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 so being holy don't make you weird. It make you strong. It make you different. It also make you bear fruit. That we should be holy. And then we, watch this next clause. And without blame more literally without blemish do you know that God's not sitting in heaven pointing out all your faults God's not sitting in heaven ashamed of you so here's here's the thing so if you're really his follower why are you pointing out everybody else's other faults and just a question just a question just just a question and without blame before him, now people may see your faults, but when God looks at you, he sees his baby boy, his baby girl. And without blame before him, God doesn't see you like everyone else sees you. In agape or in love. I didn't ask my wife to clear this, oops. Um, but, but after we had our, our two sons, she, she was, can I say this? You don't know? Okay. She's a little sensitive because she has some stretch marks. And, um, you know, she go look at them every day in the mirror and cocoa butter and all the rest. And uh, I was like, honey, those, those, those are stretch marks. Those are battle scars. I mean, I I watched you push out those two boys that are now young men. And I'm proud of everything that reminds me of it. (laughs) Stay with me. You see, God doesn't see your scars the way you do. What you embarrassed about? Come on, sir, come on there. God is like that's a me of all you're willing to go through and, and where you've been. Having predestined us to the adoption as sons. Now here's what I know we're we're stuck with our natural children. But adopted children become ours by choice. And when God speaks of adoption, he's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Which means he knew everything about you but chose you. Chose you any way. I am not here by accident. Coincidence happenstance. I and you have always been God's choice. He predestined us uh, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Only Jesus could make it possible for us to become part of God's family. But watch this next, this next clause. You wouldn't believe it if it was in your Bible. Because many of us think God's got buyer's remorse. How many of you ever bought something like, man, I'm taking that back. I'm taking that back. (laughs) Like, what was I thinking? But he adopted us by Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will. Meaning God has no regrets about you and I. His love for us is not a burden. It gives him great pleasure. Despite all we've done, all of it, God still thinks his love for us is a good idea. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Again, that praise time is is not just filler. And when you've known what the Lord has done for you. To the praise... Of the glory of his grace. This is why sometimes you catch me with tears in my eyes. Because grace means all my mistakes now serve a greater purpose instead of serving my shame. By which he has watched this past tense, past tense, made us. Meaning we're not working on this. We're not going to, we're not trying one day for, to, to make this happen. Now, you might be because you're religious, but I believe my Bible. By which he made us accepted. Us. Look at your neighbor. Us. Yeah. Even you, even us. Accepted. In. In. The beloved capital B. In. In. Christ, it's not that one day God might accept me if I do good enough. He's already accepted me because Jesus is good enough. Since the cross, see, I'm talking Jesus now, talking Jesus. Since the cross, as the father has accepted Jesus, he accepts you and me. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why we praise him. I didn't live a perfect life, but he lived a perfect life. Everything he done accrued to my account was for my benefit. And because we're in him, he now accepts me the same way he accepts him. That's why I've told you in the past, he says, pray in my name. Don't don't, Stop praying in your name. Talking about what you did and how many times you did X, Y, and Z and what God ought to give you pray in his name based on his righteousness, his
1: deserts This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big.